it. I was sitting in a petrol station last night and I was calming and oh mother of god the window got tapped three <laughs> times in ten minutes. They are That mad. was the one lad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're mental about it, yeah. That's Don't go to rock. Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode. Delighted to say Evan Daly is with us in studio this morning. Evan, good morning to you. How are you? Not a bother now. Thanks very much for having me on. Thank it's, you. It's very good to see you in the flesh because normally I'm watching you on my Instagram feeds. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're busy on the gram. Yeah, it's mad now, to be honest. The last year was mental. So I was like, uh, I went from, I'd say this time last year, I was 1,000 followers on Instagram. There's now 150 TikToks, nearly 100,000. It's, it's, it's mental what can happen. And uh, the last year has been a dream, nearly, to be honest with you. It's, it's uh, started off, I suppose, whole business is one to one it's all online now um, that was so, a dr- so recently you were selling your gym equipment like. yeah yeah that was it yeah so I started off only this time probably I'd be year and a half in business I suppose now not even a year and a half actually and it was all one to one in person and decided to move it all online from the start of the summer and it's, yeah, I have a group coaching service and a one to one coaching service in so yeah it's going brilliant couldn't be happier now to be honest yeah what was behind the Instagram explosion what do you think it was I suppose to be honest I got I'm not sure you were Sean Casey did you ever see him online as well he does recipes and as well same, same sort of content as well but basically Sean, I reached out to Sean this time last year because he had exploded himself and just with the help of his course which is a social circle it's called and it was it's been a game changer just I suppose knowing what the algorithm wants but then I think just putting out relatable content I think was the biggest thing and that's kind of the feedback I get from people that they're can connect with it and can relate to it and I think that's the difference the way approach I take with it is just with all the clients you have they're everyone has similar problems so I'm just like right if these have the same problems there's going to be more people with them you it know what I mean that's true. and try and just yeah. make it as engaging as possible and try and put some sort of humour behind it uh, if we can at all it's, it's a unique style as well like the videos for people who haven't seen them like, so you're, you're essentially talking to yourself as two different characters but like it's such in many of the videos Like, but it's so, it's so simple because you're not relying on anyone else you just have to be there yourself And yeah that, it, I did one of them before and I was just literally just, I, I was after doing one and I was like uh, I just thought right this might actually work even though I felt like a lug there chatting I'd say myself, you know the first I mean? time it's like <laughs> I took it, it might look like 30 seconds it would take nearly 30 minutes um, but basically people I think might have been able to kind of kind of click with that and when I did it the first day I was just after making a cup of coffee I think for myself after firing it up and I'd say five minutes in ten minutes in maybe it was on 30,000 TikTok I was like lovely here we go <laughs> it's mad like it's mad when people when people connect to the video like it's just it's it's social media nowadays is like there, there's no end like it can you can literally just reach an insane amount of people like you know like I suppose when I was I was in America all summer there and when I went over I was on 10,000 on Instagram and I came home and I had reached 150,000 and in one day I'd gone up 50k like do you know what I mean and that was just from one video going viral so I suppose the opportunity is something unbelievable now like you know it's, it's unbelievable the, the, the benefit of um of not doing the stuff in person means that you don't necessarily just have an Irish audience. That's the that's the thing, and I suppose you're always going to be limited a little bit to the amount of people you can work with and the amount of people you can help. I suppose when you have just an in-person business, and for me, I my idea was to I wanted to maybe do a little bit of travelling and stuff as well. Do you know what I mean? So. I was I was always a dream of mine maybe 10 years time to have an online business but I just didn't think it was going to happen so soon you know and that's just thanks to I suppose the opportunity on social media now at the moment so you can just you're limited with your time and the amount of people you can work with in person whereas online it's just like you can reach such a massive audience there's people worldwide like from Australia Canada America it's it's mental yeah um so let's get this story 
to go back to the very yeah, start, yeah. right? Um, uh, your first sport. What was your? What was the first sport? First sport was probably hurling, I suppose. Okay, man, right. Gollum, man. So yeah, first sport was hurling. From there, when I was what was the club? Climber Daly is called. Okay, right, Climber yeah. Daly, yeah, um, yeah. For having one senior and since '86, I think was. So we're we're, we're a bit behind. Um, but basically, I started off hurling when I was about eight. Did a, started a bit of horse riding and that, and um, started horse riding in the family. Yeah, no, not really. I suppose did you ever hear the horse called um, Chicago Grey? He won in Cheltenham. Gear going back probably. Oh, you're talking maybe eight years ago or that. But basically, John Earls is is is. Um, is a relation of mine and uh, Michael Earls, you know, Easy Fix. Yeah. They're basically, they're relations of mine and they would have been the closest wits in regards to racing, but they were still, they're still second cousins, like, so it wasn't actually in the initial, I suppose, the the, the first cousins are, are, are close, are really close family, I suppose. So, I just happened to just get into, get into horse riding, a bit of hunting, things like that and, um, it was just like an addiction, I suppose. You know what I mean? It was like an addiction. Then from there, started pony racing. What age is this? 13, 14? Kind of? Yeah, I suppose. Started off at eight. Then I started pony racing. When I was about 12. Started up going up to gardens. Um, Gardenelli's there, let's say, uh, every Saturday, kind of. If I How could. does that happen? Do you just ring him up and say, I want a car? No, actually, I was, yeah, would you know Tom Howley? Um, he'd be a friend of gardens there friend of gardens um, but he would have helped me get into gardens and just just happened to happened to get in and just was riding out on Saturdays pony racing on Sundays right. and it just started just going up and up and up I suppose and then it was like like racing's a mad game like when you reach the age of 13, 14 like you're you're having to like think of future straight away you know what I mean and take things very serious in regards to weight you're growing you're seeing the numbers rise in the scale and you're like right I'm I'm a adult you have to grow up very fast that's kind of the way the game is you know you wanted to be a jockey at that stage there was nothing else nothing else right. it was it was all a jockey that was literally that was the only thing that was on the, on the mind you know it's school kind I of I did yeah I did my leaving cert thank god nice. did my leaving cert um, got on alright like you know nothing nothing spectacular either you know got on fine Um but I was still in a pre- I was racing in fifth year in school, right? Let's say Dundalk, things like that. Um, I still racing while I was in school. I was an apprentice for Jar Jar Lines and learned an awful lot with Jar. Like he, that was actually a massive grounding. Like even even to where I am now, I found like it was there was some like with Jar. It was like he's very straight man. You know what I mean? So I actually learned a lot. Even not even just racing wise, but I think just even in the in regards to work or work ethic, ethic like you know what I mean it actually go fair ground and in fairness so from there with Jar for maybe two years had maybe five I think maybe five winners in the flat so just for I'm going to say for anybody who's kind of unfamiliar Jar Lines is a flat trainer at mm. this stage you want to be a flat jockey that's what your ambition is that's exactly it so flat jockey that was it but I always thought right it was realistic I thought I was going to get uh, a little bit heavy so I'd always had the idea that I would have to go jumping um, because obviously when you're a jump jockey you have to a little bit higher weights um, so basically I thought that was going to be the, the road I was going to have to take and maybe two years in I just said to Jar, right I am getting a little bit heavy here now I'm struggling had an awful probably a massive like lack of knowledge in regards to nutrition I think it's it's it's, it's massive with jockeys it's the lack of knowledge is detrimental to be honest so uh, just sorry to, mm. to, to go slowly through this bit so what weight are you in your lines that, that it's a bit too heavy for flat jockey mm. yeah so basically I was waking up at the time where I was like right I'm a little bit heavy I was waking up probably maybe 9293 9.4 even some mornings possibly and I would have been doing I could do weights of maybe eight nine. 8, 8, 8, 10 so basically you'd obviously have to sweat off that in your 24 hours or whatever. 6 pounds in, the, in yeah, 24 hours yeah that was that was just constant So when you, I, when you don't really have it to, to lose that's the thing and it, I, I was thinking like right this is very early days to, to have to go to this extreme and I was like right I actually 
always had the intention of being a jump jockey so I'm like right I can now probably get more opportunities as being a jump jockey because I'm going to be able to ride at the bottom weight so I'm like right this is a no brainer like so got down met or rang Jar actually rang Joseph for me so right. yeah moved down to Joseph O'Brien's from there because I was like right there's just so much more there there'd surely be more opportunities um, because as I said because I could ride at the bottom weight whereas on the flat I just struggled to even not even get close to the bottom weight realistically you know what I mean it was after school you're about 20, 21 yeah yeah I was only about actually I'm only 22 now so this is right. probably when I just turned 18 maybe just okay. barely turned 18 not actually in the 17 actually is when I was um, in the 2017 I think October over time so moved down and actually like loved it like I loved it had a few good winners um, had a winner for, for, for Mr McManus um, Giganstown um, so yeah had actually good time to be honest like uh, an okay time you know what I mean I had a few nice winners was tipping away nothing drastic either but there was more opportunities starting to arise in that you know but at the same time again I was still struggling a little bit with weight. My weight was constantly creeping up and up and up a little bit. Not a massive, not a very tall fella, but I was just doing things like completely arseways, like, you know, like genuinely completely, completely backwards. But that was just down to the a, a lack of education, you know. And um, You hadn't gone to race or anything like that? You hadn't no, come through that, that system? No, no, nothing like that. Nothing like that. Um, nothing like that. I just came from, straight from school, basically, right. to be honest. Straight from school. I'd get help off dietitians and stuff, but nothing, it wasn't, I don't think things were really it didn't land with you obviously Mm, yeah I I don't think things were explained very well like looking back with the knowledge I have now of it and like right I I actually possibly think I maybe would have been still in the game if 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 I had maybe a better knowledge of nutrition and that and wasn't doing things so backwards you know because that and injuries were a thing that was probably a massive factor of finishing racing to be honest Um, and I'm actually kind of adamant of that you know um so yeah that was so from from there I suppose from the, where are we now yeah so I suppose from the 20 2020 sorry 2019 got a fall in Clamel did my vertebrae my back came back eight nine weeks later broke my collarbone and came back again I was just like right I, I, I came to the stage where I was like right I'm not even really wanting a ride as such you know what I mean I was back down in Joe's and I was like I, usually before I'd be like constantly refreshing talking to the agent and do you know what I mean really wanting rides but I got to the point where I wasn't really wanting them I was like right this is this must be it even though it's it was an a, issue there yeah <laughs> yeah massive issue so that was a very very hard decision like you know when you're yeah. growing up and everything is racing you know you're very matter of fact uh, did did the vertebrae like that mm. means you you broke those yeah yeah, yeah. so I, I fra- this is the thing I always find with the jockeys like ah just slow that bit down because like if you know if everybody has a little bit of a pain in their back in the real world they're like oh my back I can't move yeah. whereas you guys break a vertebrae and it's like yeah I was back in eight weeks you know it's mad it, it, it is mad it's when, ma- when you step outside of the bubble you're like it's totally mad I'm telling you now me looking back in I'm like them men and, and women sorry are, are like med of iron like you know what I mean they're med of iron and I obviously probably hadn't that same iron inside me you know what I mean because them falls got to me nearly like you know I was like right this is no life like I'm literally hitting the deck here at 40 mile an hour getting hammered to the ground and when I'm looking back it's just it's the craziest sport but like no one outside that sport realise what them people are made of like they are made of iron and as I said it's not even just hit, getting falls it's it's constant constant weight management constant weight cutting like some of the lads they're like some of the flat jockeys like they're struggling on a daily daily basis like constantly cutting weight like six pounds a normal weight cut like you know that's getting in the way of your everyday, everyday, everyday life as well and the injuries you're like Jesus this is another eight weeks twelve weeks of this that's the thing and that was the biggest thing I found so when I when I 
kind of had the time off. This is another thing, actually. Like when you're a jump jockey, I'm not sure how it's a change now, but I don't think it had. Maybe they might have got an extra week. But like you actually only have two weeks off. Ten days it was when I was racing. I think it was ten days. Yeah, ten days to two weeks off. Actually, with no racing, like in an entire year, that's mad stuff. Like you know what I mean? That's mad stuff. Um, and I was just when I was I was off racing, I came back home. I was like, Jesus Christ, I, we're, there isn't much of a life here. Like I was like I'm missing out on an awful lot of things, not even like social things as such, but just just everyday lifestyle decisions you have to make. And I was at a point where my whole outlook on food was very bad. I was doing bad things in regards to 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 my food. Um, what kind of stuff? Uh, like there was there was probably a little bit of um, I suppose a little bit of make myself sick the odd time oh, and no, things like right. that. You know what I mean? So and were you talking to anybody about that or was no? It? No, that's and it's only recently I would have said that. I suppose on on a few podcasts now because now I can look back and like yeah, I can now say it, like it's 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 uh, it's a thing that that goes on. You know what I mean? It's a thing that goes on. But like when I'm looking back, I'm like right, that was that wasn't normal. You know? Was it? It's a thing that goes on. Do you think that other of your peers were doing it too? Was it spoken 100%. about? Uh, not probably out loud, but yeah, you, you, it it, know. it happens. Like yeah, hundred yeah. percent, hundred percent. That's pretty grim, isn't it? Yeah, it is grim. It is grim. Like I'm not sure the this how many people are at like that, but I'm one hundred percent. Yeah, it definitely will. Ha- it does happen. Like you know, um, it's 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 a common thing in everyday life. People aren't aware of actually how common this is. Like it's uh, it's 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 a. Uh, I was I wasn't completely out of control of it. I'll put it that way to you. Like yeah. I used to just go through phase of like I'd be just. It, it was, I suppose, to an extent, binge eating because of severe restriction and then a severe binge, and then obviously you 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 would make yourself sick and you'd feel better and get it up, whatever you know. It's a, it's a it doesn't sound great, like, but it was just the reality of the situation, you know. And again, it was down to the lack of understanding of the whole the whole thing, you know. It's funny that comes across in in your constant videos is like, uh, you know, uh, don't. Don't kill yourself. Yeah. Don't binge because the binge is bad. But then when you do binge, don't worry about it. That's not the end of your life. Exactly. You have to forgive yourself for it. Yeah, that's massive. Like every day, uh, it's it's only when you work with more and more people you're seeing the exact same things, right? Nutrition, in my opinion, is probably one of the most overcomplicated things that there there is. To be honest, it's the most overcomplicated thing. People think we need to go to drastic things, making extremely overcomplicated meals, making uh, not allowing to have this food, not allowing yourself to have this food. Where we need to just kind of strip it back and be like, right, what are the principles of weight, weight, weight loss? Is the is the thing that Ireland is really struggling with at the moment? Like obesity is a massive problem in Ireland at the moment, and it is on the rise. I think it's second in the charts to Malta, which is which is a which is a fairly not, not it's not a brilliant statistic. You know what I mean? So the, we're obviously doing something wrong and I personally think that it's it's a it's a massive amount of misinformation out there now through different I suppose weight loss programs demonizing certain certain food groups instead of looking at the real issue that is literally overall energy balance is absolute fundamental of your of your weight loss and of weight gain and that's a fact of the matter it's not your one specific food group but people are trying to think it's bread, trying to think or think that it's bread, think that it's chocolate, think it's their alcohol. They think it's like one thing. So they take out probably one thing that they completely enjoy, might stick to it for maybe a couple of weeks, maybe lose a bit of weight, they can't last with that and they end up putting all the weight back on again. Like You know what I mean? It's pleasure denial. Like, it, and, literally. And it doesn't work in the long term. It doesn't. It, it absolutely doesn't. And um, it, it absolutely doesn't. And it's, it's a fact. You know what I mean? Like whenever you tell yourself, you're, if you tell yourself, right, 
I like if I told you don't think of the wall behind you you're going to start thinking of the wall behind you it's the same thing as with like food if you tell yourself you can't have something you're just going to want it so much more and people will be just testing the willpower nearly pulling I, the analogy I use like you're restraining yourself constantly 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 till you can't do it anymore you know what I mean whereas people need to question their beliefs around nutrition and let's say a person who has maybe put on weight over the years and struggling with, with, with weight loss over the years, they need to like strip it back and be like, right, question, why have I got from here to here? You know what I mean? Like, nutrition's very simplistic, but at the same time, there's a lot of factors that influence a person to the amount that we eat. Stress, sleep, relationships, uh, work, you know what I mean? Like, stress eating is a massive thing, you know what I mean? And f- comfort eating is massive, you know? But again, at, at, at the same time, it's it's a lot to do with a person's overall relationship with food and that's something I try and just drive home to people try and work on that massively because it's it affected me massively as well well I was going to say it's like it, there's a real credibility about your stuff in the videos you make because you're actually and you don't talk about the fact that when I was a jockey I did this thing but hmm. it, it kind of the architecture in which the videos are built is actually something meaningful and real De- definitely it, it, it definitely is based on something that I probably struggle with as well um, like you can't just solely base it on what you struggle with but at the same time there's I, I noticed there's a lot of um people will relate to things an awful lot because like I went through phases where I tried shake diets I tried cutting out carbs I tried cutting out bread I tried cutting out everything I tried to cut out whereas people just forget right how can we add maybe add things in maybe that we're not absolutely wall falling with the hunger come 8 o'clock at night and we end up going to the biscuit tin and having 25 biscuits you know what I mean yeah. like it's people will try and restrict 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 but then binge and, uh, and overeat you know so uh, apart from making yourself sick what other bad habits had you got into when you were trying to make weight and what what was the fundamental issue that you had now if you could tap yourself on the shoulder mm-hmm. and go just fix this what would you do I would number one I suppose I, I like when I mean when you're in that desperate situation to lose weight I suppose it probably uh, like you, you try you, you try and think of right it's more it's it's more overcomplicated it, it, it's over it's more overcomplicated than just simply calories in versus calories out but the fundamental it actually isn't right but I wasn't fully aware of that right so I always thought that it would have to be more complicated than it had to be one food or whatever so I would actually strip myself down and be like right we need to have more balanced meals throughout the entire day and not just like picking a small little bits here and there which in turn over the course of the day I'd probably have more calories than I was if I sat down and had three solid satisfying actual meals right. a nice hit of protein and you know what I mean actually have balanced meals instead of trying to just pick 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 and end up probably in way more calories uh, in, in, in total you know so it was actually what I probably would do in very simple terms actually try and satisfy myself more and just have more quality satisfying meals as I said instead of just going for the small little bits I used to think this is the mindset I was in I used to think right nearly the bigger the food I was like right this is going to show on the scale because like it's a day to day scale weight that your jockey kind of has to nearly make to an extent so I used to think oh I'll, I, this is nearly lighter you know what I mean this is lighter than this you know that sort of way it was a mad thought process I was in it's mad but that was just such confusion the, and such because there's so many messages coming from a million different places yeah, you see, Pete, it's a, it's a very, I suppose, it's a money-making industry, um, fitness, like, and that's literally, um, people make money off people's insecurities, and uh, in regards to, people are so, so disgenuine, like, you know what I mean, like, people will try and say, uh, nutrition, it doesn't sound, I suppose, nice to the ear when you're like right it is about energy balance it is about having a bit more protein a bit more fruit and veg like it actually they are actually the things that you need to do but that doesn't sound 
uh, nice enough to the person's ear surely it's over, more over, more complicated than that so people will take advantage of that and try to sell a person this magical supplement this magical drink this magical shake you know what I mean when um, they're, they're literally just making millions upon millions of, of people's lack of knowledge I suppose you know which is very unfair there's, there's an obsession with scale as well like and the scales mm. and people looking at the number on that and, and becoming completely yeah. obsessed with it I'm sure you've seen a lot of that this is massive this is massive and do you know what it is right it's not actually the actual this again comes from certain weight loss things um, certain weight loss things where the only metric of success is scale weight right and that's not the case right there's so many different things that you need to look at like how you're feeling your clothes measurements strength in the gym performance etc right but People put all their focus into one number in the scale, but you see, people are using the scale wrong. People don't understand, right? People will use the scale solely for weight loss, right? And they'd be like, right, if it's up a pound today, I must have gained a pound. And people associate that with fat and you know what I mean? Whereas we need to understand that your scale weight's going to go up and down every single day by maybe three, four pounds. You know, like the, it can fluctuate massively. You might have had extra carbohydrates, mean you're going to retain more water weight, which isn't a bad thing. It sorts itself out. You might have more salt, retain more water weight. You might be more stressed, retain more water weight. You might have ate later the night before the food's still in your system. So the approach that I take with a lot of people is actually educate them on the scale and actually understand how to use the scale correctly. Actually hopping on the scale more than one day a week. Because if you're just hopping the scale one day a week, this is if you're tracking your fat loss progress. If you're only hopping the scale one day a week, it's completely inaccurate. Like, there's 101 different factors. Whereas if we can get a moving average, remove the, the emotional attachment to that scale, we're in a far, far better position to actually have a better relationship with the scale, have a better understanding with the scale, and actually see what true progress means. Because I notice on a daily basis now, people will freak out. Let's, usually week one, person goes into a deficit, they, they start dropping body fat, they'll see a massive reduction maybe, right? Maybe two, three, four, five pound maybe, right? Because they lose a bit of water weight at the start. Then it'll start slowing down maybe week two, three, four. People think they hit a plateau because they maybe might just stood on the scale of a Monday and they might have had maybe a takeaway the weekend, which isn't a bad thing. It just means you're, you're, the scale weight will be up slightly, which cuts a bit of water retention, food volume and stuff, you know? So people think they've lost all their progress, everything's done wrong. They end up giving up, move on to the next diet and try that for another few weeks, you know? Um, and people have an unrealistic, have unrealistic expectations when it comes to scale weight. They expect to lose four or five pounds every single week, whereas people can't just accept that in order to enjoy your life, have actually a bit of flexibility pound a week just slowly going down and not expect it to actually go down on a weekly basis because it doesn't I'm an I advocate for actually teaching people how to use a scale correctly instead of just being like no don't worry about the scale don't worry about the scale because I don't think that resolves anything deep down it's about having different metrics using a combination of metrics and actually educating the person correctly in my opinion you know? it's a single data point as opposed to the, exactly, the exactly. Where if you have the, remove that attachment you know and use different ones it's, it's far better take us back to the decision to give up being a jockey was it at the end was it obvious to yourself uh, and how long did it take for the obviousness of the decision to to hit because you said it was a hard decision but at the same time when you're like don't really want the phone to ring because I'm not really that keen part of you knows that this is over yeah telling yourself that is obviously difficult mm. when I go back and think about it right I'd say it was even it was even after I think just as I came back into my second uh, just, just after when I did my collarbone I was like Jeez, I'm not sure about this. Like, you know what I mean. I, I, when I did it, and I was a few weeks off again. I was like, this is life. Like, this is this is this is life going forward. You know what I mean? Um, the next like, twenty years. Yeah, if you're, if you're a, successful. There's, yeah, there's a there's a massive. Um, obviously, the injured jockeys fund is absolutely brilliant. Like, but 
you have to be making up to a nice amount of money as well to be able to get a nice uh, a nice fund off them for when you're for when you're injured. Whereas I was literally making three hundred a week. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't doing me any good. It wasn't doing me any good at the time. If this is if a person is like wanting to say for a mortgage down the line, you have to think of them things even when you're younger, and that's a fact. Um, just you have to. I I always say to myself, right, do think long term when you're making a a decision in regards to your career. You know what I mean? So I was of the decision even when I did my collarbone throughout that kind of six weeks I was off six, eight weeks I was like kind of questioning myself but I was like I'm not saying it to a sinner you know what I mean um, because I was going to ask are you asking anybody no, for it? No, if you say it to a sinner right if, that's the way I looked at it right if I was saying it to anyone but then I changed my mind I'd always know that one person is thinking I'm doubting things you know what I mean and as well another thing with racing like I've no issue saying this like because I'm finished now it makes no odds but like if you say you want to finish and you're after maybe breaking a bone straight away people be like oh, he lost his bottle he lost his bottle he's a coward or whatever which maybe a little bit of your bottle does go like I, I don't give a shit sorry I don't care saying that now you know what I mean um, but it is, it not, is it not normal to have like I, jockeys always insist that bottle is either broken and it's always full yeah, or it's empty there's no in between yeah um, like that can't be true there definitely have to be there have to be times <laughs> when all the greatest jockeys fell over broke a bad bone they're lying in the hospital and their family are going what the hell are you doing and they're like you're right what the hell am I doing but six weeks later the body starts to feel good again and they're like I'm going to give it one more go and then they, they make a comeback I believe yeah. in the human spirit that's all I'm saying yeah like, I, I, think, I, I, I kind of agree with you to some extent but at the same time they are a different mentality you know what I mean and I, I, I obviously didn't have that massive massive I didn't at the end of the day I probably didn't have that absolutely diehard mentality of being a jockey you know and I wouldn't say that it was just because my bot went by any means at all there was a lot of multiple factors and to be honest I, I, I've only saying that now because just things even come to my head but like the main reason for it was the lack of opportunities the lack of um, I suppose you're don't known I suppose is the way I'll put it to you the lack of a life <laughs> that's the way I'd say it you know but again some people love it you know and, and, and live for it and that's completely fine like you know uh, so you'd built, a, you'd built a bit of a name as well like I'm, I'm, you're right in saying that you're the first jockey born in the 21st century to ride a winner on an Irish race course so that actually yeah <laughs> that, like that, that's going to put your name out there people can be like oh that's a fairly interesting point as well which is going to make your make people follow your career I guess a bit more yeah like I've, maybe it was to be honest it's not one thing that I actually thought of massively to be honest like um, it's not one thing I think probably one of the biggest things I met a name for myself was I'm not sure do you ever see but oh uh, yeah, yeah, hey, hey yeah. do we have the video I think we've got the video roll it there Roshi <laughs> that was actually <laughs> <So>, on <laughs> standby there you go so where are you here that's you on the, that's that's me, you in the yeah. beanie hat oh, that was the worst day of my life the worst day of my life <laughs> my god it was absolutely brutal <laughs> what happened I was, I was actually riding a horse called Gold Seal I won that RT hurdle on him it was a 50 grand handicap down the stall and that was my biggest winner and this was the I think it was the time oh no this was the first time I actually rode him so I actually got the ride back on again the next time and I actually won the LRT but this is a Navin and I um, I had a couple of pounds to lose for it I maybe like four, five, six pounds not sure what I had to lose but I had another like maybe pound to take off that day so I threw on the sweat gear arrived the race course uh, in the middle of the race I think that was a grade two race actually um, arrived the race course in the middle of the race and the weight room was really quiet and usually there'd be a good old atmosphere so I obviously dehydrated the bone I, I, I came into the place and didn't really think much I was like for some reason I think at the time it's like the racing obviously didn't start even though I wasn't even right till maybe like the 5th 6th race so obviously the racing started and I knew that like but I obviously had a blank moment and uh, I went out to put on my earphones throw on a hat 
listening I remember the song and everything George Ezra holding my girl <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah. but I went out and for some reason thank God I be, wouldn't be here today but if you actually see it right I had, was just on the way back in after going wide around the hurdle so I was just on the way back in here right whereas usually what I do is I go under the railing so it makes no sense that I actually went wide that day whereas usually I go to the left and I'd be killed in because I would have been there you know what I mean so yeah. um, it was a blessing it and was you wouldn't have been hit by one of them it would have been multiple horses it would have been multiple them. I would have got killed 100% like stone dead I'd say but like um, I, I remember I was, I think right where am I I'm in Navin there's a side camera and I'm, I'm, I was looking I was like right I'm at the side camera if I'm at the side I'm sound if I'm at the front and I looked up and there it was just facing me in the eye I was oh. like oh no came by took off my hat going by the, the stand because obviously it was a luminous hat like going by the stand and all the boys obviously whoever they are obviously drunk up in the stand they're all hey. oh, <laughs> so no brutal it was did that. you get in trouble for it? Oh, the stewards were waiting for me alright um, they were waiting for me but they were uh, I just basically said look lads I can't say, I, I, I don't know what happened like it was a blank moment whatever punishment there is there is but it was like I think it was Ruby David Russell Robbie Power Jack Indy Mark Walsh and they were they, uh, Ruby was just filling his glass of uh, his jug of water I remember at the the canteen like I was just like sorry sorry but then he was like what the hell happened but uh, they're all A1 about it like you know they were doing some laughing but um, yeah it was <laughs> Did lucky. anybody in the weigh room cancel you to come back that actually you know this is just a little bad period everybody has these injuries earlier in their career stay with it um, no, not really, because what I think I think it? when you make a decision like that, right, that big, people don't just think that it was a, a once-off decision. Some lads, right, would have been like, would you not stay going, would you not stay going, would you not stay going, give another go. But as I said, right, I think in that game, it's a game that's, it's it's a very, like, isolated game, right? It's a, it's a little bit of an isolated life to an extent, like, your friends and everyone are all racing and... I think time can pass very fast in it and I, the, my thought process at the time I was like right do I want to spend another 10 years being a journeyman yeah. and I'm like right I'm now 19 I still have a nice I can make I go back to college I actually went back to college um, went doing engineering um, but I only did a year there I hated it that's when I opened up the gym so I was just kind of like no I made the decision that's just it because I just didn't want just to waste my whole yeah. 20s you know so and I was the best decision I ever made to be ah, honest, look, but it's, don't regret a thing it's wise you know to, to be able to spot that and to know that you don't have the love for this thing that you did love and you wanted and it's good to see as well that like because a lot of people you know get very bitter about life when they don't make it in the thing that they've dedicated everything to but you don't have that yeah no not now not now like at the time right you'd be very lost now right at the time because like as I said I know this might sound mad but like once you are 8 years of age like you're a jockey that's as in like that's all that's in your mind you know school is school but like for that's a good period of time to be like I'm this is my only thing future wise and then for that to go you're like oh lord what's going on here now like you know so I was very very lost there for a period of time and it was only I was just thinking right I thought I wanted a, like just a stable 9 to 5 job is kind of what I wanted with not much stress or whatever I'm not sure is that a thing like but with not much stress so I um just was in a factory for, for a while because I was too late for the CEO after doing my personal training course and I was like after a few months I was like right I don't want this I kind of I wanted my job that I could actually kind of to somewhat uh, uh, like get a satisfaction out of my job you know what I mean and straight away I just reverted back I was like right I'm actually not even caring about money at the moment so I'm like right what is it I want to do so I tried to strip it back because I reached a fucking low enough point like you know so I wanted to strip it back and I was like right what do I enjoy I did my personal training course I said right I'm going to open up my own studio so pumped a bit of money into PT studio and um, that took off filled up and um, 
I decided then, right, I'm not, I actually passed first year engineering, so I did, but uh, I decided I didn't go back. I wasn't going back in September because I opened up, I'm going to give this a go. And then I started pushing social media from the December just gone by. And yeah, it's going well. Touch wood, please God, it stays going, you know. Yeah, well, listen, we wish you the very best of luck with it. You're very good to come in today. Uh, enjoy the Christmas shopping. And um, if, if anybody hasn't already follow you on your multiple platforms, where's the best ones? Uh, Evan Daily underscore Daily Fitness, TikTok and Instagram, and then the Daily Fitness podcast in as well. Thanks a million. OTB AM with Gillette in association with Movember. Effortless shave, magnificent mode.